All right. So this morning, welcome. I'm going to speak to you for about 10 minutes, and then I'm going to step down, and we're going to have another person that is speaking with us today. Um, but before I do that, I wanted to just firstly say, uh, just you can be very proud or whatever you want to say about your eldership team. This week, I am very, uh, I really am, I, my heart was full. They, we came out, but the, the eldership team, they fasted all week. And they came out, we canceled all the meetings in the week that were in the sanctuary, in this room, uh, any meetings that were in here. And we came out, and these guys came out and prayed every night uh, for five days. The first three days was just the men, but then we came out as couples and prayed the last uh, Thursday and Friday as well. And uh, I just want to say, seeing a group of eldership couples praying, for many of you actually, we Try to be, couldn't pray for all of you, it's just impossible, but we just had names and we prayed through some, and seeing them pray and weep over some of you, you may never even know it, but just the heart they carry for the church, and, and so I was just very blessed to see that and to be a part of that, and we actually came together to pray for many things, but we prayed for direction, for the future, for strategy, for wisdom, for finances, because we certainly need them, um, but they came out every night, and so I just want to thank the team for doing that, and uh, I know you, you fast, you're not supposed to tell anyone, you know, you lose your reward, but I, I'm bragging on, on them. It, it was not easy, they all work full-time, full-day, you know, they go, some of them commute, but they were out here every night praying and weeping, actually, many of them, and it was just a wonderful time, so I'm just grateful to you guys and to, and to all the couples, thank you, and we can give them a hand for that. So... One of the items we prayed about, and it's just time I bring you into this, is for the last, I don't know, six months, more, almost a year, I don't know, um, we've, been, we've had human trafficking on our heart. And um, so I just want to say today, if you have kids in here, some of the things we may speak about may not be appropriate, so I'm just giving you forewarning now. But um, we did choose a junior, sun, junior Youth Sunday on purpose. But we've had human trafficking in our heart for a while, and, um, and the Lord has really just put it on our hearts. Our outreach arm, our mission arm as Free Love Church is actually quite weak, and we've been praying, saying, Lord, there's so many things we can get involved in. We've spent many years just protecting our lampstand, just protecting who we are in terms of the DNA of worship and of the Spirit and of the gifts and so forth, but there's obviously much more than that. And the purpose of all those things is actually everybody out there. And so we've been looking at it, but we received a prophetic word a little while ago. My wife and I went, we were invited to something and we went, and there were all these very influential people and people from the, that used to be in the White House and media outlets and all these amazing people and us. And uh, we were like the only people there, I think, in ministry. There was one missionary. Uh, and Cindy Jacobs, who of you know Cindy Jacobs? Um, you can actually, I think it's the third one or the last one. We were there at the Cedars in Arlington, and uh, you can throw up a photo. I, th I think they'll find it. It's a bunch of people standing together. But we, there, we went there, and Cindy Jacobs was there. She's a world-renowned prophet. You know, there's the prophetic, and then there's people like her. She's prophesied 10 presidents around the world into office. So it's not just anybody. And she looked at Jen and I and uh, gave us a word and said, um, 
that, you know, you in ministry and your church will become a model of what it looks like in the future. People will look to it to find out how do we help those, how do we partner with those, how do we fight against human trafficking? Because it's something that to get involved in, you're crazy to get involved in it. It is an age-long problem that has been around since the beginning of since the beginning of time, pretty much. But it is also modern-day slavery. Slaves still exist. We I know we think slavery, we think slaves to sin, we think spiritual slavery. But these people that are trafficked are actually modern-day slaves. And the Lord has begun to speak to me about it, and in some, I'm being as open and honest as I can in unpleasant ways. I've had some dreams about trafficked victims. And I wake in, in tears, honestly, and try to get things out of my head. I had a dream, for example, this week. I went into a school, and it wasn't any particular school. It was just a big school. And um, I'm going into the school, and there are these snakes all over the ground, but there was no children. All these white, you know, occultic things. But we're in a school here in this area. It wasn't a school, but I know it represented that. And I say, where are the children? And the children, I know it's weird, they were concrete walls. They were inside the wall, in other words, part of the system, and screaming for help. All the night through, I'd wake up and try to like, get out of it and fall asleep, and these children, help me, help me. And uh, so the Lord has really began to speak to Jen and I about it. But that involves you, and we haven't brought much forth about it yet, but we are doing that today. It is fitting because it is... Freedom Week. Hello. July 4th week. So, um, so today we're going to hear from a lady by the name of Rossi Roscoe. And um, many of you may not know her, so I'm going to do what I don't normally do. I'm going to give you a little bit of her history. I mean, you can probably see the writing in there, but don't read it now. I'll read it to you in a little bit. You can take it down, Josh, otherwise they will not listen to me. So... Um, <laughs> But I want to give you a little bit of history because it has a context. I don't normally do this, but I felt it in my heart to do it. She didn't necessarily want me to, but Alex is not with us. That's Rusty's husband. He's in another nation right now. But they planted a church many years ago, and they did so by giving up their house and his offices to buy a place, a th an old theater, which was across the road from the oldest known civilization in all of the Americas. And the Lord spoke into their hearts saying, this is where it all started. So they actually gave up everything they had and they bought an old theater and converted it into a church many, many years ago. And they planted that. The place is called, I can never pronounce it, Quilquilco. Is that right? Yes. It's in Mexico City. That I have a photo of. It's a known tourist destination. And so they started there. And after that, they had eight other churches. Eight other churches that they started around the area that all partner with them, and they oversaw the whole bunch. So they were in ministry, doing ministry, doing ministry things, and then they met Cindy Jacobs in 2008, and um, as I said, a world-renowned prophet, and she points them out and says, the Lord has called you to be a reformer, and he's called you into the political field, which they knew nothing about, never been in politics, nothing with politics, just zero. And then they get this word. You know, you get words you like, okay. Well, within a few months, within a few months, President Felipe Calderon of Mexico, she became, Rosie became a congresswoman, and her husband was appointed 
at his request to the highest political office a Christian, a believer, has ever held in Mexico, right underneath the president. And she was asked by the president to run for Congress. So she did, and won. And she started to work on human trafficking. And um, so she, fighted, she started fighting human trafficking, but she started by rescuing people, and it's, it's boys too, by the way, men too. But she started by rescuing women herself, and very quickly realized, obviously, and I love her heart, she said to me, please don't make me a victim. But of course there's been death threats, her phone's been bugged, there's been cartel stuff, she can't be in the country, sometimes Mexico, she has to be here, so. But she doesn't want to be a victim because she's seen real victims. There's nothing comparison. And even when we went to that place at the uh, Cedars, which I, did, they, did you find that photo with all the group? Did you find it? When we were helping her launch this while working with her, that's there, we're at the back somewhere, that's Cindy Jacobs in the front. And we launched something there called, uh, I think it's, um, North America Alliance, an American Alliance against uh, human trafficking. And that was started there when we were there. But she started rescuing these ladies and people by herself and then very quickly realized how unsafe it was because there was no law in Mexico against pimps, against traffickers, against those type of abusers. There was just, the law didn't exist. So she went into Congress and fought hard and until the country unanimously passed the law against those people because she was rescuing them but putting them in danger because their, their abusers were not being dealt with. So now they had to be hid away. So it was very difficult. But she did that for quite a while. And now, I think I wrote it this way, um, there were no shelters and there was no law. But she fought in Congress until a law was unanimously passed and she also established multiple shelters in cities all across the country. This didn't exist before that. So I'm going to read you a little bit of her bio. I know we're taking a while to do this, but it matters, and you'll see why. In far as social work, that's the picture that they put up earlier that I asked them to take down. Her altruistic efforts have prevented more than 3 million people concerning human trafficking through the media and has trained nearly 100,000 authorities. In the Mexican legislature, she promoted a law versus trafficking until it was approved unanimously. She has directly supported, and I know this to be true, more than 300 victims to write a new story. You know how difficult it is to take a person out of trafficking? You don't take them out and say, good luck. They need psychological help. They need mental to grow. They're like children, some of them, in certain areas. They need food. They need money. They need clothing. They need a place to stay. They need a job. They need everything. They need doctors. They need health care. Over 300 victims. And her rescue work and creation of shelters and defense of human rights has earned her a nomination for the Nobel Peace Prize. Um, some people speak about the kingdom, I wrote this, but she lives it, and so does her husband. And uh, her career has received distinctions, I don't even understand all of these things, but a medal from the Women's Institute of Mexico City, 150 bravest women in the world, an award for positive uh, attitude in public wellness, 50 most powerful women in Mexico, something called the Golden Microphone, and there's many. But she's also written a few books. Uh, can I, ha I think I have a book somewhere. I have it. It's here. But yeah, it's in the bag. Um, the book called From Heaven to Hell, because that's the experience of these people. 
Uh, Paloma, be careful with Malgato. How do you say Malgato? I don't even know. But that's a children's book to help educate children in this day how not to be groomed and how to be aware. And um, Human Trafficking, a book called Human Trafficking, a, a book called Sexual Exploitation, and uh, the title underneath that is um, Slavery as a Family Business. And then this book, Blank Page. That's why you have a blank page. There's blank pages on every seat, which Rosie will talk about, which is also about human trafficking. Uh, she also writes for articles for national and international media outlets. Some of you have know uh, the, chair, the sorry, Faith and Freedom Coalition. The founder and chairman is Rolf Reed, who actually worked with uh, Bush and Cheney in those early years. Um, she has spoken there, and she joined Tim Ballard. She's also spoken multiple times at CPAC, and uh, she actually joined Tim Ballard in November 2022 and spoke at CPAC about human trafficking. And uh, obviously she works with Cindy Jacobs and she's spoken at the Prophetic Summit and I think we'll be speaking at the Prophetic Summit coming up again in November. So, she's currently launching many events. Anything she invites you to, we have spoken about. She's not just doing her thing. So I encourage you to open your heart to that. One of them is the International Summit Against Human Trafficking on July 27th and 28th. She is working with uh, Marsha Blackburn and uh, Senator Blackburn and with Congressman uh, Chip Roy. And there is, this is happening at the Cap Capitol Civic Center, at the, at the Capitol Hill Visitor Center, CVC. So what does this have to do with FLC? And then I'm gonna invite Rosie. Well, we met them on Sunday, quite a while ago, almost a year ago, and actually came through Cynthia and Rich. And, um, you know, we get a lot of people, read this book, do this thing, we get that all the time, and we have to wonderfully say, thank you so much, but no. And, um, and we started to get to know them, and the first time I saw them, Alex prayed for me, her husband, I was just tired, and just the power of God. And I was like, who is this guy? And we just started to talk and started to build a relationship. We've been on many dinners. We've, uh, we were invited to the American Alliance Against Human Trafficking when that was launched. And we've had some meetings with them, or will be, and have, and will have more. But after getting that word from Cindy Jacobs, I have to go, all right, Lord, what do you want to do? What does this mean? And so because of that, I, just, I can just say, because I don't want to take the time, watch the space at Free Life Church. We are working it out, what it looks like, what it means. She tells me, Clayton, you're crazy to get involved with this. And I said, well, sometimes us third worlders are a little insane. But this is a real thing. You know, that Don, Don and, uh, and Melinda, they do a lot of similar work, and they do stuff in Zimbabwe with orphanages, but he knows some of these people. And you know that there's a hundred brothels between, I think it's Leesburg and the city of D.C.? Not into, just before you get there, there's a hundred between here and there. It's just something that no one wants to talk about. The church, in a sense, has lost their authority on sometimes. But this is real, and it is modern-day slavery. And I woke up the other day with the Lord in my head, hearing it in my head, and I just began to weep. And he was just saying the same thing. Only slaves make slaves. You think we all born slaves to sin, Romans 6, slaves? Only slaves make actual slaves. And so I could go on about it, but uh, we had met, one of the reasons we were fasting was to ask the Lord, do you want us to get involved in this? What does that look like? How do we do this? 
And so we're going to work that out. But we feel to go ahead and do that as Free Life Church. And so we're going to let you know more about that as it develops. But Rosie is with us today. It's a very humbling thing to, just when we went for dinner with them, <laughs> you hear that they don't talk a lot about themselves, but you ask questions and hear what they've done, and you just think, wow. So I just want to encourage you to come up, and uh, we're going to invite her to speak. So why don't, we, why don't we stand and just give us some honor. And uh, bless you, Rosie. And I will say this. You guys take a seat. Um, English is not a first language. So you can imagine how nervous, even though she's spoken on international stages, whenever you speak to a crowd that it's not your first language. So can we just, you can relax, yeah? You're amongst friends here. So bless you. Can I pray for you? Yes, please. Please. Father, thank you for Rosie and for Alex, wherever he is right now, and we just pray your blessing on her and your anointing on her. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you. I am so honored and also um, I pray so much for the church where we have to be and, and we look so much. And when we came, thank to the Owens, um, it is so similar to our church. Even my husband is living, um, my son um, is the one who is taking care now of the church, and he's so similar to Clayton. It's, they also look like, and they preach similar. And the wife is also starting to sing. She's from a very famous family in the north of Mexico that has a big band and they go to weddings and everything and they are not Christians and my son married her when she came to church and it's so beautiful now that she's starting to sing so I feel like at home I feel this is my family and that's why even though I don't speak perfect English when he asked me I felt that I am in my family. So please um, understand that this blank page means so much for me because it's amazing grace that such a person like me was saved and that somebody that was blind could see that, uh, you know, there is a purpose in your life. I love the teaching here, what Clayton has been teaching us, Pastor Clayton has been teaching us so much about to stand in what the purpose of God has for you and for me. And sometimes you know that you are born, but you don't know why you were born for. And one day, 2005, I was invited to Washington, D.C. from Concert Women for America, and they trained us about human trafficking. I saw a movie. I didn't hear a testimony of a victim. It was only a video, but I cried for a whole week. I couldn't do anything but crying. So there is where God gave me a blank page. I started to write a new story for my life, for a purpose that was so eternal and so important for God. And this week, you were starting, like, God put us, you know, it's so incredible. Um, I have this clicker, thank God. 
So, um, The Sound of Freedom is a movie that is coming to theaters. I was trying, I, I have two presents for you today, for the church. I don't know if we are going to make it. We wanted to give you the surprise. I, Alex and me, we wanted to rent a theater for not only to invite you to see the movie, but also to invite you to invite people and that Pastor Clayton and Jen could preach at the end. So we can, we can give a blank page to more people. We can give somebody else a blank page and say, hey, let's go to the movie. They, they don't come to church, but they can come to the movie. So they come, we preach at the end, they receive Jesus, they have a blank page, they write a new story. But also, we are an example to the world of a church that cares for children who are being enslaved. Yeah, so well, I hope we will have the answer. We haven't had the answer, but we want to invite you all and that you invite friends because it's very important to have a new blank page for people. I was really blind. I was really, when, when I was comfortable in a church, we, we have eight churches in Mexico, and it was a lot of work. <laughs> but now I can tell you, uh, well, the only problem is in Mexico. I know it doesn't happen here, but gossiping or criticism or people that are like mean, you know, that happens in Mexico. But uh, it's, it's only that. But then when God calls you to fight criminals, to face, you know, the the problems of the girls who has been enslaved, oh my God. It was really like a change of life that completely. So I am so sorry that you met Cindy Jacobs <laughs> because she went like, hey, you're going to be a reformer. And I was like, oh, strange woman. And then it happened. <laughs> you know that uh, somebody invites you to be a candidate for congresswoman and uh, it's so weird, it's so strange, but happened. So I met Eduardo Verastegui. Eduardo Verastegui is the producer. So I told him, we're going to be challenging people. This is now a challenge. I challenge uh, Pastor Clayton and, and Jen and also my friend Connie, three people that they will also challenge somebody else to do something against trafficking. Imagine a church that takes a challenge to be an example of how a church should be outside of these four walls. Because preaching inside is easy. You know, criticism and gossiping in Mexico, well, it's hard for the pastors. But that's something you face easily. But then to become a movement, to become somebody that really has something to do with the slavery in these modern days. I was telling one of my friends that I will preach because I have a very good lawyer now. <laughs> Sam is my lawyer. <laughs> so I, that's why also I dare to be bold now in the United States because here it's more difficult, those things. So thank you. <laughs> uh, Another thing that is um, something we did, and it's a lack of beds everywhere. In Mexico, we just have few states that has shelters. 
Uh, we started the first one and we gave the model to others. But even in the United States where there is money, we have never had money from the government to do it. Here there is, and there is two million NGOs. In Mexico there is 30,000 NGOs. So you have a lot of possibility, but we have lack of beds in the United States. We have done um, the work that some of the survivors now are the president of the NGOs or the people who works in there. The NGO that I started in Mexico is run now for two of the survivors. One is international, she speaks better English than me, and the other one is a journalist, and she was, they both of them were from a huge case. These are some of the pictures, they, they, uh, one of the survivors teach the others to sing, to, to dance, so many things. It is so beautiful and I miss them so much. It's so hard for me to be away. That's the boy house and we started 10 years later. We started 2007, the first shelter for girls and the 10 years later, the boys one. And of course, like it says in the song, Amazing Grace, through many dangers. Yeah, I have been surrounded by people because something I did with my friends from Congress. Some of them became governors and I challenged them. I said, I challenge you to have a new story in your state. Close the strip close. Close the, the brothels. You know, one day I was listening to a pastor preaching, he has a lot of books and he's very famous. He started to preach, oh, we go in Atlanta to preach to the ladies who dances in the strip clubs, to the prostitutes, he says, that I hate that somebody calls somebody prostitute. But uh, Jesus didn't call Mary Magdalene a prostitute, but he didn't call her like that. But, well, he said, the prostitutes. And I was like, well, the church has the authority to close those places. Imagine, imagine Moses going to the slaves saying, hey, I'm going to show you God for you to work with a smile in your face doing the pyramids. No way. We don't go to say the prostitutes, no, the girls who are in prostitution situation, we don't go to tell them, hey, convert to God to, to dance better in the pole. No. We go and say, like to the tree, you go dry this business that is slavery because the reality, no Americans are inside. All the ones that are inside are Colombian, Venezuelan, is Europe, Mexicans. They are foreigners. They are vulnerable. They are people that they didn't choose. 90%, I can tell you after all these years, 90% started as slaves, started in a horrible situation. So we were like, uh, I was reading these verses because it's the way Jesus is, is the way the heart of the Father is. God is exactly like you see Jesus. Jesus don't run away from the danger. He went to the other side of the sea, it says in Mark 4, 35 to 41, it says, that day when evening came, he said to the disciples, let us go over the other side. 
Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also others with him. A furi furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to the disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified as asked each other, Who is this? Even the winds and the waves obey. And in Mark 5, it says they went across the lake to the region of the Heresines. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impurity, impure spirit came over the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one has strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he will cry out and cut him with stones. Imagine the situation. It was not one demon. demon. It was a legion, it says. Me, many, many spirits in him. Only when you have seen somebody that is possessed and only one spirit, it is such a bad, bad life. Imagine Jesus crossing the whole storm with that horrible storm that the disciples, some of them fishers for all their life, and they were afraid. Imagine how bad was that storm. And he was sleeping. <laughs> like sometimes we feel we are in a storm in our life and, God, are you awake? Where are you? You know, Jesus was sleeping. And he allowed the storm to happen because he allows the storms to happen in our life for a purpose. Those storms take us to a higher level, to a better way to see our faith instead of, of anxiety praying, instead of weariness to be really depending on God. That's why we have storms. He could have avoided the storm. Well, Jesus came to flesh because he was not looking for a comfortable life. <laughs> Otherwise, he was not going to come to the cross. Of course, he knows it's important. So the first thing I want you to understand with me, because I, I did understand it, is that the demonic is, is, is real. It's real. These satanic spirits are real. What I have seen in those years, with all the survivors, all the victims that has arrived, it's so real. And there is, like C.S. Lewis says, these two streams. Either Christians saying there is no demonic or too much caring about it. <laughs> so let's not go to the extremes. The demonic is real. 
and I have seen it with my eyes, like with Isabel and with uh, Marisol. Marisol arrived when she was nine, Isabel arrived when she was six. And Isabel saw her father killing the mother with a machete, the little one. She saw that, and then she was in the streets in Guatemala, and many people abused her sexually and laborly. And the father took her to Cancun to force her to prostitution. And I'm not sh showing her uh, this picture because of nothing. She's now 20 years old. She gives a lot of uh, conference, and she shows these pictures, how she arrived with this face that she was in tears with so much, uh, so much afraid. She couldn't uh, speak. First, because she was speaking a Maya tongue, and secondly, because she was so traumatized that she was just crying and crying and crying. It took us like two years to her to be stable, to be able to start to speak. Two years. At nights, every night she was screaming, she was looking, she was having nightmares all the time. And well, that's not the only horrible thing that we have seen. Uh, I think something that hurts me so bad, this little girl was in our church. She was eight years old, dancing like you see some of the beautiful children here dancing with so much freedom in the spirit. And suddenly, a van came and took her when she was eight. Her name is Lisette Soto. And I always show this picture because the last thing that the mother heard was that she was sold to foreigners in the, in the north of Mexico, to a yacht, to men who bought this girl. That was the last intelligent thing that the mother paid so much money to look for her. So she could be like her. She could be like this girl. If one, some of us could pray, please, because she, I remember the day I was in Congress. It was the October 14, 2010, when she disappeared. So for me, it's so hard because uh, we help more than 100 families whose daughters have disappeared. And that's why I was so furious in the border because from my side in my country and from this side, the border is open. I was two days with the senators and with Sarah Carter from Fox News. And we saw all the children that are crossing without adults. The coyotes, a um, 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 woman who was pregnant like eight months, and little children, eight little children crossing the river. We saw it. I, I recorded it with my telephone, and I was so mad. Last week, I was in Faith and Freedom, and I went at the end. It's time to put order back in border. <laughs> it was like so mad at it <laughs> because it's time. It's time that we pray. And uh, I love the preaching last week because the first thing we have to know, the second point of my presentation is there will be always opposition. You are now taking a, an incredible, incredible decision to be a church that is an example to the world. And that is so powerful. 
And the, I, I really believe this is the church. You know, at the beginning, I didn't have a car. I paid so much in Uber because we live like 45 minutes away. And it was always difficult because the Uber cancels. And it was hard to come to this church. But I know, I know that the people here is so warm and so prepared for loving others. We have received so much. And we have to put the armor of God. Um, the nature of all of us is to run from danger. I understand because I started to go to jails. I'll tell you more about it. But the, 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 I, I, I really believe that if we fear something, we have to face it. We have to be like Jesus. He didn't go and run from the storm. He went through the storm. And even if there is... A Opposition, if we use, if you didn't hear the, the preaching last week, it's very important because every day, if we use the armor of God, we will be ready for that opposition. So the song Amazing Grace, I love that it says, the Lord has promised good to me. He has promised good to me, to you too. His word, my hope secures. He will be, he will, he will my shield and portion be as long as life endures. So that's why my third, um, my third point is Jesus can calm the storm. I don't know what kind of storm are you going through. But Jesus is really the one who can calm your storm. If the storm has been for long, the greatest thing is coming soon. And you can really depend on him. Um, one of my nightmares with so many girls that were like my daughters was that some of the traffickers were, because the law came in 2012, is when we got the law to pass, unanimous in the Congress and unanimous in the Senator Chamber, a law that has 126 articles. So it was really a miracle, a miracle from God. It's a real miracle. But before that law, some of the traffickers were coming out of jail, and one of them was from a girl that I love very much. So my father also taught me to fear, to face my fears, always confront them. So I went to the jail. I didn't say to anybody. I went by myself. I knew a pastor that was inside the jail, Alejandro Trevino. So I told him, I want to meet this pimp, this trafficker. I want to convert him because I don't want him to come out and do something to Patty. So he called him and he was coming and I come a lot in the TV. So he saw me. And he ran away from me. I was, I was the one who was scared. And he was more scared of me. So he left. And the pastor went and brought him. He said, come on. Uh, uh, just, uh, she, he was so mad at me. She, he said, you are Rossi Orozco. Yes, Pedro, I am Rossi Orozco. And he said, you wrote about me. No, 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 no. I just put your name in a little piece of the paper just to say how bad you are, but no. And he was like, what do you want from me? And you know, that kind of man, they always are mean to the woman to submit her. So I went like, 
hey, Pedro, I am the one who has something to lose being here. You have nothing to lose. You are already in jail. So <laughs> shut up and sit. And, <laughs> and he sat, he sat, and three years I visited him, and I met 17 traffickers, and four of them converted. Pedro converted. He has a business now. He has... Uh, COVID was very good for him because he made the masks, so uh, sorry. Yeah. But uh, I met him and three more. Well, this convert them. Uh, when, when you see, th there is a video that BBC made, uh, and these three are a family that were 11 years in jail, and now they work as an activist. They, they give a um, conferences against trafficking. The last thing I want to tell you that is the most important one. Whatever you do, do it for one. When you challenge somebody with your blank page, challenge somebody, one at the end. Um, I know there is so much need, and I always remember this beautiful uh, picture because it's about starfish that after a storm are dying in the sand. And there is a little boy that is taking the stars and throwing them inside the sea. And there is a cynical man saying, what, what for? There is too many. And that little boy says, well, it is important for this one. So I know we have so much need in Mexico and so many of the survivors need so much. And I was so worried about it that, you know, I didn't focus on what I need to focus. The Bible says that to look for the kingdom of God and his justice. And then everything is added. Everything comes. And I started to do the prayer guide to pray for each one of them, like for Isabel and Marisol. Isabel and Marisol... Connie, my friend Connie, I live, I rent in the, her house, her first floor in a beautiful house in front of Cedars. I am very honored that I am there. And um, she came with me because we were looking for this family of Isabel for 13 years, looking for them all over. She wanted so much to have a reunion with her Guatemala family. So we found the girls, so we were very excited in the plane coming to Cancun, and we met again Marisol. Marisol lives in Cancun, and there is Isabel and Marisol now, 14 years later, and Marisol is doing fine, but she couldn't start the school because when you are raped so many times, your brains also get sometimes blocked. So she couldn't study. And guess what? We discover that she has talent to, well, there is the reunion with the sisters. Oh, it was so beautiful. Connie and me, we were crying and crying and crying because the reunion was incredible with her sisters. And then we discover that Marisol has talent to paint. This is Marisol, she cannot read or write. But look how incredible the, like the light and the dark 
and then like the, the, the beautiful flowers, but the rain. So she has that in her heart. And something that we were looking at, my husband and me, was to be able to pray more for these kind of blank pages, news stories for more victims. So instead of worrying about getting money or having more money to open more shelters, God told us, no, look for the kingdom of God and the righteousness. And we started to, to write a prayer guide for 40 days to pray, to pray that God will tell us, each one of us, what to do. We all can do something for one. Maybe it's only to give them lessons of painting. Maybe it's to help them with the school. Maybe it's to start in our school a prevention campaign and take a video or take our school to see Sound of Freedom. I don't know. But I want to give our church, because I feel I am part of this, and I want the church to be the example of the word. We finish these 40 days of prayer. This is the prayer guide for us to be praying every day if we decide, if we challenge everyone to, to pray 40 days. Every day has a different ministry. Maybe my competition, other shelters, or maybe, you know, I don't feel like that competition. But all the people that came to see this, we put their ministry here, their web page, we put a video that they have, and we have so many things that you can take to the school of your children, to your family, to learn. Because the first thing we have to, to know um, is what is human trafficking. So this prayer guide has all the information, and we would like this prayer guide to be like a seed in, in, life, in Free Life Church, that Free Life Church can share it with the other churches in the world. But we want that the version in English, of course the version in Spanish is from our church. <laughs> Otherwise my son will kill me. <laughs> the Spanish version is casa, but uh, the English version, if you allow me, if you give me the honor to be Free Life Church, the one who shares. To the, of course he knows the... the I, I sent it before <laughs> to him. So if you want to, to be with us these 40 days, we start tomorrow. Uh, so if you want to come and pray with us, 40 days prayer, you can download the version in English. Please, you are my family. If there is mistakes, please write me or, or, or text me at the end is the telephone. So you can tell us, hey, the, the prayer guide is not perfect. We, we ran so much because we wanted to give you the prayer guide. The second thing we can invite you to do, we were, as uh, this was the event in the Cedars. So we are going to have this um, in, in, important event in the Washington CBC. Um, we are going to be 27 of November in the CBC from the Capitol Hill, thanks to Chip Roy, Congressman. And then next day, thanks to the Senator Marsha Blackburn, we are going to be in the Hart Building in the Senator. 27, 28, we are inviting, let me tell you, I'm naughty, I'm naughty. I am inviting so many mayors from Mexico. 
Um, and we want to challenge them. We want to challenge them to close the brothels and strip clubs, uh, the same as four of my friends from Congress did in four of the states of Mexico, Tamaulipas, Coahuila, uh, Aguascalientes, and state of Mexico has closed all the places where children or, or women are being sold as objects, they have closed them. And Tamaulipas was the third place with more violence, more disappearing. It was the third worst of the states of Mexico in 2016 when the governor took this challenge of blank page. I have the, the picture of the governor with the blank page. And he closed them. And guess what? Now is the 26th in the, in the figures of the government itself, uh, the whole country, they came down on the violence just because those places is where everything gets corrupted. You take the police there, here or in Mexico, you take a police there and you sit a foreigner in the lab, or at little by little you get them more perverse, of course. No, I, I can take you to a private house and I can have little girls for you. They go like that. You, you make everything corrupted in those places. So we are naughty. We are going to invite the mayors to make them understand how important it is to close them, okay? And then when, I don't know if we are going to be able to be there, Pastor Clayton and Jen will tell you, but I want to ask you if you could take the challenge of a blank page. If you have your blank page, I don't know if you will really today or not. I don't want to ask you for anything because if you pray for 40 days, God will tell you what to do. I know that Clayton and Jen uh, were praying what to do for long and then they received this word from God. So I'm not asking for anything, not asking for money or buying books or anything. I just want you to pray. Could you take the challenge of the blank page to pray 40 days? Somebody here could stand with the blank page and say, yeah, I will take this challenge. I receive the challenge. I will also give the challenge to others to pray 40 days, 40 days to say, God, show us what to do, that we go out of these four walls to do something. We learn here how to do something. And to the end, I'll tell you something. I love the way the Jewish people see to give, because it's not generosity. I am not generous. The Jewish use a very strong word that is tzedakah. The rabbi says, not give me your tithe. I hope everybody tithes an offering, of course. But the Jewish says, give me your tzedakah. It's an act of justice. We are so blessed. That's what I understood when I was in the country woman of America. I was so blessed. I have such a wonderful husband and wonderful family. I have had everything in my life. So when I give a blank page, a new story to a victim. It's just an act of justice. It's not generosity. We don't have anything because we are nice or good. We are like amazing graces, a great, a great like me. And now I receive so much, I give. Sedaka is to give from 
for justice. So could we sing this song while we pray with the blank page, this beautiful song of Amazing Grace? Yeah, please, please. So I just want to say, everything Rosie said, her and I obviously talked about it first. You don't have to do anything. But I would encourage you, this prayer guide, um, she's giving it as a gift to us to put, in a sense, our logo on it, to send it out and to use it. I've looked at it. You can look at it online. It, it brought me to tears because what it is is you, you, you click on the first day and there's a story. There's a person speaking. There's a survivor. And you may not know this, but over this relationship that we've been developing over the last six months to a year, there's been some survivors that have come to the church. You just were not aware. And one of them, when I gave her a hug, I didn't realize, you don't think about it, but she didn't recoil. And Rosie said, that was unusual. And she brought me a gift before she left. And um, I saw pictures of her where she was chained to a wall, where her body grew in a different shape because the chain was too tight. And you would just think about that stuff and it... it just really began to move my heart. And I know that we could stand up here and show you things and get your compassion and your empathy. But at some point, if the Lord is putting this on us as a church, I'm not going to force it. We're not going to come and say, what are you doing? We're not going to do that. But I encourage you to get the online one and click on it. And just let the Lord minister to you. You don't all have to do every single day. But as a church, we're going to do 40 days. And we're starting tomorrow, so we're not going to have meetings here. But I encourage you to go online, check it out. Can we send out an email? We'll thank you. The admin people are going. Help him, help him, Jesus. And um, and so there's so much one could say up here. And um, and I forgot to mention that they've actually they joined our church. So they're not. She's not just speaking here. They've been here. And. Uh, I maybe shouldn't say this, but they had offers to go to other churches, big churches, very well-known churches in different places, and be paid and be funded. But they chose to stay here. I, I said, you think I'm crazy? You're crazy. <laughs> so um, so we, don't, we are learning and growing as to how we can get involved. But this is modern-day slavery. So on this week, July 4th, we thought we had launched this. And watch the space. We're going to be doing what we can. We're going to be learning as well. And um, we've also met some of the people that we were with at the Cedars who will come and actually train parents. Because every parent goes, I don't want to touch this. I don't want to get involved because they get afraid, right? But you know that there's these, and I've spoken to them. I've spoken now to a couple of survivors. It's a profound thing to just talk to them. And, um, but some of them, some of the uh, people that we met, they do training for parents online. They literally train you how to tell if your child is being groomed online, they're not aware, how to do this, how to do that. Practical stuff to take care of just your home. And in today's world, this generation is being raised online. And they, you know, it's, it's not something to just run away from. It's just to be aware of it. And it's helpful. So we're going to be getting people in here to train, to train, and to train us, and to train you, and maybe be part of a call center practical things that we can do. So, Rosie, thank you. Thank you. Can we give her a hand? We're going to worship.